Hey Joel fans, this is Chris. I just wanted to let you know before you start this episode, we had a little bit of audio issues. I still think it's able to be listened to without too much trouble, but please pardon the crackles that occasionally show up on this recording, and hope you enjoy the episode. Jewel fans, I'm Chris. And I'm Ronnie from the Jewel Riders Archive. We're here today, apparently not with Jewel Riders, but we're going to say, let the magic begin. Oh, we don't say Jewel Power? No, we say Starfire. What is this Starfire that you speak of? <laughs> so, in 1995, not only did Princess Guinevere debut, but the very, very similar show, Tanko and the Guardians of the Magic, also debuted the same season. Now, I've heard of Tanko and the Guardians of the Magic before. I believe Amy Jo Johnson told me all about it in a special. Right. We have a special that we've released on the Jewel Writers Archive, hosted by Amy Jo Johnson, you know, of Saban's Power Rangers. So, Saban's other property was promoting... Their current their property. Their new property. Imagine yes. that, this synergy. Right. You know, they're the original synergy, maybe. I don't and know. And if you don't know who she is, she is the Pink Ranger, yeah. my favorite character from yeah, Power Rangers. she's the original Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. And they're doing a special. They, they are, yes. They're doing a reunion special, basically, on Netflix coming up soon. That's so crazy. I heard Amy Jo Johnson's not in it, though, which makes me very sad. Although by the time that this might be released, it might have already Who happened. Who Maybe so. she'll make a cameo anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, definitely. Very awesome. So we're talking about Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic. Yeah, so Saban hosted a special, basically, about this show to kind of drum up interest in it. Tenko is a property not based on a, a myth or mythology or fairy tale. It is a property based on a real-life stage magician. So wait, the stage magician really had a Tenko box and she had powers and there was a M- Merlin character who had gone missing into this box? Well, I hope so. <laughs> but... Uh, okay, so... If you don't know who Tenko is, she was... Well, you said that she started out as a singer, performer, right? Tenko... Princess Tenko is a Japanese stage magician, but she began her career under the name Mariko Itakura as a Japanese idol singer, which, for those who don't know, Japanese idol singers are kind of like the, the sugary pop singers of Japan. They're very highly regulated in their images, and they always do, like costuming and dancing and all of those sort of pop princess sort of things that you see. When you said 
Japanese Idol, I was like, oh, American Idol. So it's not quite that? <laughs> no. Oh, I see. So these are people managed by these, basically management companies who kind of own their image as performers. Like, so they can't do things like, you know, date, because that reflects poorly on them. So and it was basically Louis B. Mayer at MGM. Probably. It's okay. Not a, it's not a bad comparison. So it's basically the old studio system only right. in Japanese culture. Only in Japanese culture for, these, for pop singers. Interesting. Yeah. Now, if you're interested in seeing more of Tinko's performances, this is not, though, her singing... We have shared this amazing video. Yeah. Now, what is... I I know... Okay, so you basically got this video from someone else. Yes, so I was ordering a magazine about Tenko that that I'm going to be sharing on the site Mm -hmm. called Genie Magazine. And this is a performance... At the Kabukiza Theater, which is Japan's premier kabuki theater in Tokyo. And I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what year this is from, but I believe it's from August 20th. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing somewhere between 1990 and 1995. Okay. As it's the year of the performance. And the title of this show? This is Hikita Tenko Kabukiza Special Performance. Wonderful. Yes. And now it has some pretty spectacular show-stopping scenes. I mean, this thing is wild. And the music. You said something about J-pop. Yeah, I mean, so J-pop went down kind of a different road from American pop kind of in the 80s. It's where it just developed in like and kind of blended with Eurobeat music to just... It's a familiar yet different type of pop music. But it's... It's kind of like, well, what if the late 80s, early 90s just kept developing? In, I love that idea. In a different way. I a love lot it. Of it. So, you know, I'm a personally, like, a huge fan of J-pop music. Well, I'll tell you. Especially ones with, like, that Eurobeat sort of flair. So, Chris and I were watching this video um, as I was converting it, and... You would have thought that you were, like, listening to a 1980s, like, Divine the Drag Queen. Like, a music spectacular. Yes. Like, it was fantastic. The music. But you already said the Eurobeat style. Yeah. And then there was uh, all these dances. And I said, basically, it's, like, Japanese share. Like, she comes out in these amazing, outrageous outfits. Yeah, and very Bob Mackie. Oh, my gosh. Bob Mackie, eat your heart out. Like, she's got headdresses. It's crazy. So if you love, I know that this is totally like not Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic, but it's still related. Like, yeah. if Carrie Butler came out with like a share style of performance, well, we would want to be there and see oh, it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's just like you can you can see why she was like Magician of the Year. Oh, in, was she? Yeah, in like I believe it was nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety. Now you've done a lot of research into kind of like the Tenko and the Guardian story and, like, the character and, like, the... At least, I'll say that because, for me personally, I think... I don't know if it was because of the fact that it only had the one season or that I wasn't as into the dolls as I was other other properties. For instance, Drew Riders or right. Sky Dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to that. What? You didn't know that there was a toy line? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Yes. But do you feel... Like, this is maybe your second favorite? Or do you still like Dragonflies more? Or, like, where is the... You know, I've always had 
other than Jewel Riders, has always been sort of like the three forgotten properties of the 90s that I love, which are Tenko, Skydancers, and Dragonflies. I mean, of course, I love the things like Gargoyles and Batman the Animated Series. And the but X-Men. everyone remembers but those. But yes, those are the... I, you know... Clearly, having made a giant website for a cartoon where people on YouTube continually tell us, nobody remembers this but right. me. I'm the only one that remembers this show from 1995. Right. And, I mean, really, that is probably true for Tenko. Unfortunately, like, Tenko aired on, on like, Sunday mornings in our market as children, like, at 7 a.m., I want to say. Mm-hmm. It was early, so if you were not up early, you, you missed it. And, yeah, I've, I've always been interested in Tenko because it's such a bizarre origin coming from this Japanese stage magician, but it's really like a magical girl show, but it's kind of a, kind of a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mishmash? I mean, definitely <laughs> that, um. But it's kind of like an urban fantasy, kind of similar in tone, like to Gargoyles. Now, well, you said that it was similar, and I was going to allude to Jewel Riders, but there's a reason for this, isn't there? Yes. So, friend of the archive and designer of Jewel Riders, the Greg art director, G- the Gregatory, who was the art director of the show, used to work for Kenner, of course, and that's where he made Jewel Riders, mm-hmm. and so he actually had a little bit of a hand in Tenko. Really? You know, everything comes back to Greg eventually. I I love it. Well, Greg is such an awesome source of joy and inspiration, to quote Walt Disney. (laughs) Exactly. So tell me a little bit about Greg's side of this. Yes, so Greg actually had a little quote for us about this. I'll just, I'll read it off here. So he said, part of the Kenner process is to always look for new properties or inventions. When they arrive, design and marketing review them, and some are picked to go ahead to the next step to make test models and get early consumer feedback. I was given several several scripts and loved Enchanted Camelot when I first read it. And that's the Jewel Writers. That's what eventually became Jewel Writers. Okay. So I pushed for getting it into the tests and was assigned to adapt it into a viable toy line. I was told that the production company was willing to work with us, Kenner, to make it better. It was not until after the test results came back favorable and we decided to push forward that I met Robert Mandel and really dug into the project. So he's still talking about jewel writers. Yes, whole time. he's talking to jewel writers. And he's giving a little bit of a background on how properties are, were picked up by toy companies at the time. Got it. Sorry, I'll stop interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in, then he says Incidentally, Princess Tenko was in the same round of testing. And I did make models for that also, but it did not score as high. Later, Mattel picked up that line, but it did not perform well. Well, I Indeed, guess that that sums it up right not, there. Yeah. So basically, Greg was given the opportunity to create models for not only Enchanted Camelot, which became Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders, but also Tinko and the Guardians of the Magic as right. well. And so th- let us be clear, like this is not development material from Mattel, who ended up making the Tenko dolls. This is development material that Greg made for Kenner. I'm, su- I'm assuming this is from Saban. Well, yeah. I mean, he wrote some of the documents that we have on the site and have shared under our Tenko page. Which, if you didn't know, we do have a dedicated page on JewelWritersArchive.com for Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic as yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, we, we've... A- We've acquired a tidy, small Tenko collection. 
in addition to our Jewel Rider stuff. And it, there's really no home for Tenko on, on the web. So we like we wanted to give her a little corner of the archive. And that's really what we're going to... in well, we're going to hope to do during this podcast is that we are going to basically go over a little bit of the history of the show mm-hmm. and maybe some um, of our own feedback. Yeah. And then we're also going to talk about the toy line because yes. like everything else during the 90s, it had a toy line to support it. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be the things that we really highlight. Um, and really, I mean, the takeaway is is that we hope that if you didn't know about Tinko and the Guardians of the Magic, that you'll come to the website, that you'll go to our YouTube page, find some of the things that we have, yeah. and hopefully you'll find a new property that you love. Yeah, I mean, I really think, no pun intended, it's a hidden gem mm-hmm. of the 90s, especially if you like magical girl properties. Right. So you're talking about some of these documents that we have. Um, I know that the ones specifically regarding like a show outline, these ones date from June of 1994, so a year before yeah, so a, it a released. A year before it came But in. that was the same way with Jewel Riders. I mean, mm-hmm. those documents also come from the years prior as well. Yeah. Um, so this was also a version of the show that was not necessarily produced in that sense. Right. Like, the final show has many differences from these documents. You know, for in the final show, the storyline follows the titular Princess Tenko as she is selected by her master Hikita Tenko to take on his name, become the master guardian of basically magic in the world, and, you know, use the Tenko box to perform illusions while she goes and does her stage shows around the world. Gotcha. Now, the first episode opens... Does it have a little bit of a backstory to it, and then it kind of just goes into the present? I mean, basically, we're kind of dropped into it, like, right on top. Like, Tenko is performing, and Hikita saves her, and basically, he's touched by her goodness, basically, I think, as she went to go save a child from Magic Gone Wrong. Right. And he basically then offers her, like, hey, you want to come to my cool castle and learn some magic? You were nice to this child, so I've picked you to become the next, you know, line of successors of magic people. Yeah, so it's important to note that there are other guardians in training who are in line to be successors to Hikita, specifically Janna and Jason, who are the grandchildren of the Master Guardian before Hikita. So it kind of seemed as though they would be the obvious picks. Yeah. So because... there's this hilarious montage of everyone training and, you know, Jana sitting there, like, drinking a soda or, like, just chilling out and not training or practicing. And, of course, you know, she's PO'd when Tenko gets picked mm-hmm. to be the mas- the new Master Guardian. So now the the pages that we have as any type of kind of like a show bible or something has it has a story outline it has some character information and then it has some toy information um should we start with like kind of the storyline yeah okay do you want to summarize it for us or do you want to should or should we read it directly from the script or at least the page that we have yeah let's let's do a little let's do a little dramatic reading a dramatic yeah. reading should okay. i should i take let's, it let's let's trade off paragraphs okay, okay sounds so good take it away though okay so here we go the storyline for tenko and the guardians of the magic or rather maybe tenko and the four samurai 
I'm sorry. I didn't read the script. Is that what it says? It doesn't have a name. Oh, okay. Whatever it is. Okay, here we go. When Princess Tanko first rearranged the jewels on the Tanko box, she unknowingly opened a doorway to another dimension. The door burst with an eerie light and out stepped an enchantress known as Mariko. She appeared as a ravishing young woman with fiery eyes, although in her own dimension, she had another form. Princess Tinko was soon to learn that the fire in her eyes was nothing more than a lust for power. <gasps> da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Don't talk to people who come up from another dimension, Tinko. <laughs> <laughs> so the enchantress demanded that everyone bow to her and surrender the magic used to bring her to this world. When Princess Tenko defiantly refused, and here in the document, the name changes from Mariko to Marika, oh. and stays Marika for the rest of the document, Marika's anger flared up and lightning leapt wildly from her hands towards Tenko. As it struck, a pink glow formed around the princess, protecting her. The echoing sound brought Princess Tenko's four samurai bursting into the room to protect her. Marika aimed the lightning at the approaching warriors, knocking down three of them. The fourth samurai had leapt out of the way and was still heading to protect the princess. As Marika aimed again at the warrior, Tenko's hands leapt out instinctively to help him. The pink aura that was protecting her now enveloped the warrior, mysteriously protecting him from the blasts. Marika could see there was no way any magic could penetrate Tenko's shield. She needed someone else to do her dirty work. Her eyes fell on the tall, daring figure of Kentara at the side of the princess. He had a bewildering look on his face. Is that supposed to be bewildered? Sorry, grammar police. Afraid but excited at the release of such raw power. Kentara and Princess Tenko had been dating off and on for two years. That's a long time, girl. <laughs> Put a ring on it. And had finally planned to publicly announce their engagement. Oh, I guess they were going to put a ring on it. <laughs> but when Marika pointed at him and coaxed him with her eyes, something turned inside him. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kentaro was drawn by the dark magic which emanated from the Enchantress. He broke from the princess's side and took the Enchantress' hand. As Tenko watched in shock, Something changed inside Kentaro's soul, and a sneer came over his face. He was being lured by dark magic. Upon the command of the Enchantress, Kentara grabbed a saber and lashed out at the lone samurai. Although the samurai fought with all of his might, Kentara's new strength had beaten him to the floor. Kentara poised above the samurai to strike the final blow. Princess Tango leapt in front of the downed warrior and screamed, No! She grabbed Kentara's wrists just below the saber. Kentara froze. Something came over him. He dropped the sword and backed off to witness in horror what he had just done. Sensing possible defeat, the enchantress enveloped Kentara in her dark cloak and snatched several jewels off the tanko box. As the sneer returned to Kantara's face, they both disappeared in a thick black cloud of smoke. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. I love the fact that also it's like they grab the jewels and like, you know, then you disappear. It's very like Jewel Riders-esque. Yes. It really is. Okay, final paragraph. Okay. 
As Princess Tenko reaches to the downed samurai, she touches his wounds in empathy and unexpectedly heals him. <gasps> Rapunzel. Soon, I know, right? Cry on him, Tenko. <laughs> Soon the smoke had left the room and the four samurai were back on their feet. But the princess had lost several jewels from the Tenko box and her love. With Kentara gone, the princess wondered if he would ever forget the dark magic and look back to her. The wounded warrior silently wondered if the princess would ever forget Kentara and look on him as her love. Oh, so we've got like a little love triangle going here. But they did the save... Love, love quadrangle, <laughs> I guess, with the Enchantress. They hold, they save that idea, though, in the show itself, because who later became Jason, yes. they do allude to the fact that mm. Tenko and Jason were lovers, or that at least that they had something they had more some in common. Is that correct? Or, or relationship is, is hinted at in the first episode. Like, they clearly fancy each other. And Jason, at several points in the series, is clearly, like, torn to... against his sister to fight Tenko. So he has this push and pull of emotions. Now, as far as this opening story goes, it definitely is a little bit different than what was finally basically the show. But I mean this opening story, it has the kernel mm-hmm. of what it really came out to be, yeah. right? So it's interesting in this original draft, the Tenko box is a gateway to other dimensions. And you get there by arranging the gems on the Tenko box like a big Scrabble game, apparently. <laughs> well you know it's funny also like again, talking about Jewel writers, it's like, remember when the three girls have to arrange their jewels in order a way to mm-hmm. show Morgana's lair? Yeah. It's almost like, it's, it's again, an idea of like, oh, you have to rearrange jewels in a certain way or whatever it yeah. might be. Yeah, tune like, the jewels. Exactly. Yes. And, and even in the show Bible for jewel writers, it's often talking about like the light and like the lights that emit from the jewels and how it's associated right. with their power. So I feel like this was like, everyone was kind of doing the same thing in 1994, it seems. Right. There was, there was definitely a jewel theme happening in mm-hmm. 94, 95. So outside of the storyline, we do have some character bios and now these were the original draft. So this is kind of the way that they were supposed supposed to be is that correct yeah so this is just it's basically like brainstorming for what your characters could be so these one weren't necessarily yeah. the original characters yeah. these ones yeah so like the only characters the who come through basically unchanged are tenko and hikita tenko her master and everyone else is different and everyone else is different yeah. gotcha well and- Okay, so Princess Tango, as we already said, she's a world-renowned magician. But this show Bible that we have says that she was the apprentice of a preeminent magician, Hikita Tenko, until his untimely death. Which is the real Princess Tenko's story. Is it? It is. She, oh, well, she there became you go. the apprentice to this magician who who passed away unexpectedly, and apparently like his sponsors were wanted to continue his legacy and she was chosen from a variety of apprentices to become the new Hikita Tenko. So it is somewhat based on on the stage life, this cartoon, yeah. but only that part. Yes. Interesting. I, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty assuming that, <laughs> that, the, that's real, the, only part. that the real Princess Tenko does not 
summon creatures with her wands. I don't know. I watched that show. I mean, and there was a, a dragon in there. So <laughs> I think she did. And then there was a UFO. And, and a there mummy. Was, and so like how we said, you have to watch this show that they had that was playing from the Kabuki, Kabuki, right? The Kabuki Theater. Kabuki Theater. It's crazy. It's just insane. I love it. It was fabulous. Yeah. And yeah, it's very. There's even like Vegas showgirl interludes, which later we'll talk about the toys. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so the summary for Tenko is that, as I said, she was the apprentice, and then during his last moments of life, he passed all he had to her. But most importantly, the Tenko box. He also used the Tenko box in his most magical feats. It was only at his death that she learned how magical the box really was. It held power to do many things in this world as well as to open new worlds. But they never did that. I mean, it's roughly assumed that when Hikita t- goes into the box at the end of the first episode and, like, quote-unquote dies, like, he goes into this magical dimension, the wild magic, one might say. Mm-hmm. And because she communicates with him several times through the course of the series. So it's very much like Merlin going to... astral figure. It's very much like Merlin going into the wild magic. Yes. Um, I just think that it would have been more exciting if they really had gone to different worlds. Like, they go to an alien world, or they go into, you know, the past, or whatever. Or in Mummy. I mean, she loves doing mummies. Not only was that trick on that show, but it was also on the TV show as well. Yeah, there is the... Mummy episode of oh, the show. Oh, there is a mummy episode uh-huh. of the show. That's, but I mean, oh, I guess that works. Okay. I was just yeah, saying, like, another, her, you know. One of her guardians in the show, uh, the guardian named Steel, is, uh, was like a student of history. And mm-hmm. I think they go with, like, his history professor that he worked under to this dig in Egypt. I need to watch this the series again. I know. It's been a while since I've watched a lot of the episodes. Yeah. But I need to refresh myself, but they really are fun. So, it's interesting, the Tenko Box in the show, they definitely don't talk about being able to rearrange the jewels and open the box to different dimensions. Like The gems. The gems are there on the box, Mm -hmm. and they're in sort of this big gem in the middle. Like, they do put Is that what that is? I mean, it's like a it looks like a closet like a door. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a big gem to me. But they can put the gems in that place on the box. Yeah, and then they disappear. And it kind of stores them or yeah. whatever. It's like a big drawer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of the idea, is that yeah. she just becomes the new owner of yeah. the Tango box, essentially. Yeah, so in, in the final version of the show, there's no Dark Realm... Is there some like stuff hinted at at the end of the show? Maybe it just—it seems like it's such a cool concept, and then it feels like the kind of like yeah. they're like, ah, oh, no, we're not going to do that. You know, it's like I like that idea, but you know what? When it comes down to it, I like Janna as the villain much more than this nebulous enchantress idea, mm-hmm. and I think it's because Janna has personal stakes against Tenko. And so it creates that rivalry, and plus with Jason being her twin, it creates another layer of rivalry. This was really a little deep for a child's cartoon. A little bit, yeah. So then let's talk about the characters. So, of course, like it says on the box, it's Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic. And these are Tenko's assistants, who on the stage are her stage assistants. 
but in reality, they each also have Starfire gems. And on a toy line, they didn't warrant getting a toy. Yeah, so she has <laughs> she has three guardians to begin with in this show: Bolt, Hawk, and Steel, all men. Princess Tenko and her harem of hot of men. men. <laughs> with one of them shirtless, isn't he? Yes, like they are, you know, scantily dressed. Mm-hmm. But in the original take that Greg made, these were not called the Guardians of the Magic. These were basically called the Four Samurai. And who were the Four Samurai? And the Four Samurai were a group of men and women who pledged their loyalty to Princess Tenko to work with her as a team and defend her. And basically the idea was that Tenko could infuse these warriors with light magic to enhance their powers when she needed help. So it's basically like Captain Planet powering up the Planeteers, I guess. Mm, Well, that was around the same time, too. So basically, but they functionally are the same thing as the Guardians. Gotcha. And then there were four different samurai? There were four different samurai. Unlike the show, it looks like it was a mix of men and women. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Samurai number one is this Norwegian who wants to be, you know, he hopes that people will admire him for his brain and not his brawn, even though he's, like, apparently huge and muscular. And sounds good to me. I know, right? <laughs> like, I think it's funny. He's called the strong, silent type in the Bible, which is, like, clearly he he has a very deep intelligence in this. Uh, the second one, Samurai number two, he's from a wealthy family in Japan that owns like a large corporation, but he turns from his family's reliance on wealth and materialism. He wants to find friendship and personal strength, and so he trains in martial arts to discipline himself. So his prior business training ingrains him with an overwhelming sense to face problems head-on before they get out of hand. Mm, and these are the two guys. Yes, these are the two guys. Now we have the two women. Yes. So... Samurai 3. Samurai 3. This is very much the Ally character, um, but I really see her in both of them. But Samurai 3, according to the show Bible, was raised on the streets. She didn't learn the martial arts to find some hidden meaning in her life. She actually learned it to survive. Um, Her wild style of fighting often catches her opponents off guard, which makes her a dangerous target to pick a fight with. Um, she also seldom hesitates to tell it like it is, but usually with a hint of sardonic wit. And she is tra- strangely drawn to Samurai Number Two due to yeah. his focus on people rather than things. So even here, we've got like a little B plot romance going with Samurai Three and Two, mm-hmm. which I thought is kind of fun as well. Because also the thing is, is that the samurai character or at least the number three character, who's, I, I see it as Allie, but then it says that she's attracted to the number two, but really, to me, Bolt is the bronze, the bronze yes. one, and perhaps Hawk is the other one, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's Allie and Bolt that kind of have the relationship. Yeah. And it's never clear whether the Allie and Bolt relationship is like, big brother or little sister, mm-hmm. but there's or like more. a little hint of romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Samurai 4 um, is the youngest of the four. She has amazing strength for her size and age, but science lacks the maturity to control it. Similar to X-Men's Jubilee, the show Bible says. Yes. But that's also, again, very much Allie. Like, I yeah. feel like she kind of was rolled into the, all of yeah, this. Yeah, like, it's kind of interesting. These descriptions for Samurai 3 and 4 are kind of rolled into mm-hmm. Allie by the end. Um, according to the Bible, she sought to control it by studying the discipline of ballet, but that was not enough. Um, Tinko found her and caught... 
and taught her the martial arts in an effort to control her outbursts. Um, this led to Samurai Number no. 4 idolizing Tenko and trying to be just like her and seeking acceptance from people and will occasionally head down a wrong path to get it. So again, it's very much a um, an alley character. Right. And then... Oh, yes. And, of course, like any good magical girl, mm-hmm. Tenko has pets who are also magical. Tell me about these pets. So, she has the special ability to communicate with them, which is very Jewel Riders again. But did she use a tele... She telepathic? Did, the way? animals never talk to her telepathically in Tenko. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like she can talk to them and sense sort of emotions and stuff like that. But they don't talk back. But they don't speak. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... Well, that's why then Jorah's was yeah. there. So, <laughs> yes. So her cat, Ninja, can be transformed into a full-grown lion, and Tenko's horse sprouts wings and can take Tenko anywhere she needs. She also has a golden eagle statue which comes to life at the princess touch, and it's kind of her extended eyes and ears. <laughs> I mean, she does have... Well, she has Ninjara. Yes. And it says a grown lion, but it's not a lion. It's a snow leopard. Yes. And, um... Very, you know, Siegfried and Roy-esque, but... <laughs> yes. And then Pearl Rider also, she has the horse. Her horse. And then the Golden Eagle, though, she doesn't have a statue. The thing just kind of emits from the... Yeah. So in the show, when she uses the rose quartz starfire gem Mm -hmm. she gets this wand which she can create these sort of spectral animals with and for each of her gems she can create either the rose eagle the golden lion or the sapphire dolphin gotcha so tenko has multiple transformations for different needs Mm -hmm. which is very fun so we talked a little bit about Greg's role in all of this. Um, there is also a little bit of a genesis between all of these properties, essentially. And one thing that you really love... Oh my god, my favorite unproduced thing. Wonder Woman and the Star Riders. So what's this... What's How does all of this work together? So, and there's even Ariel in it. Yes. So in, the, in 1993, Mattel was going to make a small action doll line called Wonder Woman and the Star Riders, which reinterprets Wonder Woman as this magical girl leader of this kind of planetary crusader girls. You know, they have... There's the fire girl and the ice girl and the water girl and the plant girl. And these are gorgeous little dolls. And But there was just not enough interest. They were even going to make like an animated special for it. Mm-hmm. And there was a small comic released in cinnamon mini buns. <laughs> and this thing is microscopic. Like it's this it's not much bigger than a credit card, I think, mm-hmm. in real life. But it's one of the only things actually produced of Wonder Woman and the Star Riders. But so once these dolls were scrapped in 1993, you know, they their bodies go on. Mm -hmm. And they live on. They live on as a little mermaid. Yes. They lived on first as Jewel Rider prototypes. Well, I mean, but the Disney princess, those little dolls, those came out, I believe in like 94. 
94, 93. I could okay. be wrong. But yeah, so Mattel ended up using that line to make the Disney musical princess yeah. dolls. And the bubble princess dolls. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, they were everything. It was like yeah. the dancing ones. It was everything. But yes, the musical ones were the original yeah. ones. And they had all the princesses. So like Snow White, Aurora, Cinderella, Jasmine. Yeah. And then the park exclusives were Mary Poppins, Tinkerbell, and Ariel. Oh, So cute. yeah, I love them. I mean, if you don't know, Ariel's like my favorite character. Aside from Tamara. Hashtag Tamara forever. But um, yeah, so they made them into the Disney princess dolls. And then Greg used the Jasmine one to make the Guinevere prototype. prototype. Yes, which you can see in the Enchanted Camelot section of right. the website. So then because... Mattel owned these bodies because it was Wonder Woman, then it was Disney princesses, now it was going to become Tanko. Now they're the bodies for Tanko. Gotcha. So we have a little bit of um, an explanation in in the show Bible exactly like what the dolls, or at least the toys, like kind of what they were supposed to be, essentially. Well, should we talk first about what the toys really were? Or... No, let's tell them okay. what they were supposed, they to, were be. supposed to be. And then what we got. Yes. Okay. So, they literally say in this Bible, there are multiple Tenkos. This is like how Batman is released in lines. <laughs> I'm like, Tenko with Batman. I That would be a great show. Okay, but what they mean is, you know how does like, Batman, know. like, shark Batman, yes, or shark repellent Batman, yes, or like, you here's, know. Here's ice Batman mm-hmm. and whatnot. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So there's a thousand Batmans in each Batman line, and like one of each other character. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with yeah. Tenko. They wanted multiple Tenkos. Yeah, so the, the first Tenko was going to come with that Golden Eagle statue, and the, the, which apparently was going to have LED eyes that would light up when he landed on Tenko. That sounds a lot like Wendy. I mean, except for the fact that yes. her eyes don't light up, but the fact that you have like this little flying toy that lands. Like, I would have loved to have had this golden eagle that comes oh, with the yeah. dolls. I mean, with light up eyes, like amazing. That would have been fun. So Tenko number two was going to be wearing a white fur headdress and a big cape which could change colors. Kind of very magician, trick color changing things. But they did have headdresses. Oh, yes, they and did. And Jana did have a furry headdress, so I guess that really did come to life. And you know what? In the Tenko special, she also has a big white headdress at one point. There you go. Okay, so this Tenko was going to have a staff which would light up when you put it in Tenko's hand. Hmm, that sounds cool. And then there were two versions of Tenko that would come with each animal. One came like a with, multi-pack? Yeah, like one would come with ninja and one would come with horse. <laughs> a horse. <laughs> and ninja would transform into a lion with the addition of a mane. And the jewel on its halter would shine to show he was infused with her magic. I see. Alright, and Tenko's horse, which, have, which would have wings underneath a blanket, and then, you know, Tenko would touch it and wings would come out and a jewel on its halter would shine to show the horse was effused with the magic as well. Wait a minute. What's a halter? It's like that thing that that the gays like to wear. A, a harness. What? Oh, you mean the thing I have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I gotcha. I know, okay, I know what a halter is now. Okay. <laughs> And so they were also going to make samurai toys, it looks yes. like. Okay. So, samurai, you could get 
Brawny Samurai number one. I mean, sign me up for this prototype. <laughs> with chains to bind Does Bondage this... Samurai. I was gonna say, so this is this is Bondage Samurai to go with the horse with the with the, the halter. With the halter. Okay. There you go. Okay, and he would basically snap the chains like Samson, apparently. <laughs> was his gimmick for his toy. And with Tenko's magical touch, uh, his amulet would shine to show he's strengthened with the light magic. Light magic, like that Disneyland parade. Exactly. So Samurai number two captures attackers by launching a net at them. Ooh, that's very, like, action it's figure. It's very ninja, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, you know, Tenko would touch him, his amulet would shine. Interesting. I don't know how they were going to do all this. No. You know Greg loves action features. Mm. Oh, that's true. Greg wrote all this. Yes. He wrote this. So he he kind of had an idea of what he was going to do. Yeah. I believe he would have been able to do it. Yeah, no, he would have definitely figured out a way. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why we love Greg, is because he has this passion to create storytelling through toys. Yeah. You know, he came up with the light piping idea for the Jewel Rider toys mm-hmm. when they said that the lights for like LEDs were too expensive and right. they didn't cost out. And so he came up with that light piping and that's you got light up jewels without mm-hmm. batteries. Right. And so they still work to this day. Yeah, exactly. You there's know. nothing there's no battery inside that jewel rider that's gonna corrode. That's awesome though. I mean yeah. you think about like a lot of this, like when you're hearing about like, oh they want to do this and this and this. I think, you know, a lot of toy designers might be like Oh, that that's too much. Like, we're not going to do that. Like, that's going to cost too right. much. And what I love is the fact that Greg probably would have been able to do this for a good cost and would have been able to tell the complete story. Right. I wonder if that would have made it more successful. Maybe. If it had a better toy line. Maybe. But, you know? like, but like you said, it just didn't... It didn't meet the same numbers as Jewel Riders. But that's in, because in, he didn't work on in it. In the testing <laughs> rounds at Kenner. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So Samurai number three has the wild whirling action. So this is, remember, this is the samurai was raised on the streets. Mm. And with Tenko's magical touch, her amulet glows. So I guess they're all their amulets glow I for see. these samurai figures. <laughs> and I love this. Samurai number four uh-huh. comes with pipes she can break in two. <laughs> with her high <laughs> kicks. <laughs> activated by a button. She's gonna take you down with the pipe that she breaks. Damn. <laughs> oh my gosh, ridiculous. And they were gonna make Marika. So Marika has full dark cape with black lining to make things disappear. It's not like making things disappear. She just throw the cape on them. <laughs> I mean, you know what? This honestly, it sounds... I mean, as hokey as it sounds, we saw Greg's take on a disappearing Fallon, and I don't know, I didn't like that one as much, so I guess maybe that was okay that this one didn't happen. And then they were also going to make Kentara. Who's the boy, the Jason character. I love this, he has a flip-around head, has a face with sneer, but when Tenko is near him, his face turns to a normal smile. I'm angry every other minute, but when Tenko's around, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty good off. Oh yeah. my gosh. So when she leaves, he turns back to his normal, nasty self. And Greg specifically mentions uh, Shira, Princess of Power, the double trouble figure. Mm-hmm. But he, spe- he specifies that 
it's with magnet activation instead of like you know double turning you turn the braid on top of her head that's so crazy that like if the if the characters that the character's magnet would have been strong enough i mean but if the the magnet was strong enough to turn the head like so what some poor child is taking their tanko doll and they get too close to mom's pots and pans and goes right into the pan hopefully you didn't run tanko's hand over like a cassette (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh ridiculous um and then okay so it's so funny because I was like, this seems pretty obvious. They should make a Tanko box. And that was a plan of his. He was going to make a Tanko box. So by rearranging the jewels on outside of the box, it would allow the box to open a magnetic back jewel and a magnetic opening lock. The box can make things disappear, similar to Swamp Thing's transducer. I'm assuming this was the flip around... I don't know what mechanism that, is, so. that would take something to the back of the box. Like, gotcha. It's gone. Ooh. Yeah. The playset would open up into new dimensions, and the disappearing door becomes the portal for Tinkle to get in. There would be decorative swords on the outside to become real swords. They were magnetic, apparently, and in Tinko's hand to defend the box against enemies. So speaking of swords and boxes, mm-hmm. one of, you know one of Tinko's signature illusions is going into the box, and and they plug all the swords into it, like, and then she survives. Well, in 2007, that trick went wrong, and she got stabbed, (gasps) apparently. So this is real magic, then? Apparently. So she really, wow. I mean, so she, like, yeah, she got injured, but apparently she, like, finished the show. Oh, I'm I'm okay. There's just blood gushing out of my side. I'm just like, are you okay? You can stop. You got stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. So she really got stabbed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So this is the descriptions for the toys and what they were supposed to look like. But as we said, also see a few drawings from Greg on the Tenko page as well mm-hmm. that go along with this. Yeah, they have some sketches of the characters. There's like the Tanko character, there's the 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 Bolt character. Right, but I was gonna say what what nationality Norwegian. Norwegian. Yeah, the Norwegian one and then this you one. have the Alley one. Yeah. And, who looks like Barbie. Yes. And then you have and you have what I'm guessing is Samurai number two mm-hmm. with this which is the one from the multinational corporation. Right. Um, there's also designs Design. that he put about, like, I'm assuming kind of like the way that the magnetic stuff would work and, like, the traps and things like that. Right. And, like, little Tenko boxes. And it's very much the jewel box, at least the way that he made it, what it looks like. Like, uh-huh. there's a lot of similarities here. So, anyway, um, that basically leads us into the, um, the actual... Toy line. So the toy line, we talked about it having, you know, the two guy characters, I guess the two girl characters, the different villain, Tanko villains, Tanko's a Tanko box, and, and what did we end up with? We ended up with Las Vegas. <laughs> we, we went to Vegas. That's where we went. <laughs> so who were the characters, at least, that we ended up so, with? Much like Batman, we did get three Tenko dolls. Mm-hmm. One to represent each of her signature looks, the golden lion, the rose eagle, and the sapphire dolphin looks. And while in the show, these are like sleek body suits with maybe like a little frill to them, these toys are... 
each of them has a huge headdress. Mm-hmm. And each of them has a clip-on, not clip-on, it's a magnetic breastplate mm-hmm. that attaches to the doll and which can also attach a magnetic jewel to it. Mm-hmm. And so these, and so in addition to those three Tankos, we got a Janna doll, so the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. And we got an Ali doll, who became the fourth guardian in the show, who is that mixture of Samurai 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. And we also got a Shanti doll. Now, Shanti does not show up in these early Bibles. Mm-hmm. She's Tenko's animal trainer and caretaker. and But she does show up in some ways in like a second draft of these where Samurai, like... Let's, like, Samurai 3 becomes uh, someone, like, a guardian who was born in a village in Africa, and she's a dancer, and so she... Do you want to just becomes, read it from yeah. the... Okay, go ahead and yeah. just read it from the, from the show Bible. Okay, so Samurai 3 was born in a quiet little village in Africa. Her childhood had been peaceful until a warring tribe overran the village and stole her away. As she grew in stature and beauty, she was forced to dance for her captors to satisfy their lust for their pleasure. My goodness. Oh my God, this took a dark turn. This is like, human <laughs> trafficking. Like, yeah. She, she incorporated the fighting she saw on a daily basis into her dancing style. Eventually, she was able to free herself by dancing with a village guard. Vowing never to be subjugated again, she refined her defensive skills through training in the martial arts. However, her grace and high kicks are still more reminiscent of dancing than fighting. Oh, so she's the one who's going to kick she's that high. <laughs> yes, she's the high kicking one. Uh, it's also worth noting that Samurai Number Two goes from an Asian character to a Latino. I mean, the same thing happened in Sky Dancers too. Mm-hmm. Remember, wasn't in the in the sketches? Wasn't he originally Asian? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Slam was, was kind of an an Asian character yeah, in his early drafts. Yeah. yeah. So, so Samurai 2. So, and his parents were killed when he was a preteen, and he was raised by his Navajo grandmother in the wilderness. Which this, is very Hawk. This is because basically Hawk's mm-hmm. backstory. And she taught him how to respect nature and learn from it. When he studied the martial arts, he incorporated the animals' fighting techniques to adapt to any attack. And again, like most Native American representation from the 1990s, it's aged about as poorly as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's very, like... Ooh, my spirits and all of that. And it's like, oh, it's just this amalgamation of a multitude of Native American tropes. Like stereotypes and things like that. Now I hear you. Um, So we were starting out by talking about kind of the dolls and like what the designs looked like and whatnot. Um, And the thing to also note is not only did we not get... The two boys, or three boys, I mean. Not only did we get the three the guys. The three secondary main characters. Right. I yeah. mean, they're the namesake, Tinko and the Guardians of the Magic. So instead we get Shanti, who's not even technically a guardian. Yes. And Ali is not yet a guardian in yes. the show. Ali becomes a guardian. I think she gets her Starfire gem in like the second to last episode mm-hmm. of the show. And then you get Janna, but you don't get Jason. And you get the three Tankos. And something else that I want to note is that... The Tankos... Sim... Okay. 
When Greg talks about toy design, he talks about how important it is to associate the characters. So, like, you knew Guinevere was pink. You knew Tamara was teal. You knew Mm -hmm. Fallon had purples. So, as a child, later when when I'm hearing what Greg has to say, it really clicked with me. Because Tanko is wearing all three outfits. Like, she, you know, she has the purple one. She has the pink one. She has the yellow one. And for me, I don't really remember these from the show. They were, well, one, they don't look like the show, but two, it was such a brief moment in, in the, in the, you know, the fight sequence that it was like, I don't remember the costume looking like this, nor does it happen frequently enough that I even know which color is really associating with the character. You know what color I associate with Tenko? What? I associate with the teal of her civilian outfit that she wears most of the oh, show. Oh, like the robe? Yeah. Yeah. They should have just made that. The I robe. Mean, yes. You I know? Think, I think that would have actually been really fun if they made a base Tenko with the robe mm-hmm. and maybe made outfit packs or had... Like I mean, a, this was Mattel. Like an outfit you know? with it. Yeah. Yeah. You could have done a variety of costumes then. Because unlike Jewel Riders, these dolls had removable clothes... They had little accessories, they had headdresses, they had little, like, little fabric pieces. Like, everything was fabric. Like, hardly anything was plastic except for, like, the breastplate and the jewel and the piece of the headdress. Yeah. Like, everything was fabric. Which, again, it's Mattel. Um, Sorry, I think I cut you off. So, we said that they had the three Tankos. You were talking about Shanti. Mm -hmm. Did you say about... Yeah, we talked about Ali. And... And the last one was Janna. Mm-hmm. And they also made Pearl Rider and Ninjara for mm. this line, which are recycled sculpts from Shira's horse and the Claudine figurine. So Pearl Rider yes. is basically gonna be Swiftwind. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then we got Claudine over here. And it's important to note that these sculpts were also going to have been reused for Wonder Woman and the Star Riders. Oh. Because the villainess in that was named Persia. Oh, and, and she was going to have And she was going to have basically a Catra-like cat. Gotcha. So that Persia cat was going to be that same mold Ninjara. Ninjara. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing we're talking about. We'll get to really this in a second, but it's like Pearl Rider... I mean, where do we even begin? It's almost like Purple Pants Drake. It's like, <laughs> you see this brown horse in the show, and it, I think it, does it turn white? I think Pearl Rider is always white. I thought it was brown. Anyway. I can't remember. Anyway. We're such bad memory. But you, we need to go back and watch the show. But it's like... Pearl Rider is a boy in the show. <laughs> I, I will note this. And it's like in the toy, you've got this like Las Vegas like Philly. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Like He's going to put a fashion star Philly to shame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pearl Rider in this line is more fabulous than the fashion star Philly. Yes. Like, I can't even say he. Like, I know it's a he but it's like that and especially in 1995 they were not dressing boys like this like so it's it's almost like they changed the gender of the doll as well right but it's and it's just part of a larger move with this version of the toy line to it's almost like mattel trying to wrest control away from saban and make what they think is supposed to be this property. So basically, they were trying to make what they thought would, would sell. sell. Yes. 
And I think the problem was is that the right hand wasn't doing what the left hand was doing. Mm-hmm. And so together, they just created something that was so distant. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like the Sky Dancers, like the show versus the, the, the doll line. Yeah. You know, it's exactly the same. You know, like you look at Pearl Rider in the show, Pearl Rider in the show has, you know, feathered wings mm-hmm. and, you know, transforms. And this Pearl Rider, the wings are just... These little pieces of gauzy I didn't even cloth. know. Like, seriously, it doesn't even look like wings. Like, these yeah. are supposed to be wings? Like, it just looks like it it's like a looks... fancy saddle decoration. Right. You know? It doesn't... Like, you don't really believe that these were wings. And so, again, though, the whole thing is just very Las Vegas. It's very, like, showgirl, like... Like, they're fun as toys, but really, there's such a disconnect from the actual show. Yeah. It's like, you know, now as an adult, I appreciate the toys Mm -hmm. for what they are, but I really do wish they had been closer to the show. Right. Because it's like, even when you look, like, let's say, like, I'm just going to take a look at Golden Eagle Tanko and compare the, um, I was going to say her jewel armor. I don't know if that's really what it's called, (laughs) but... Um, her magic outfit. Her magic outfit versus, you know, the toy design. And it's like, she's in a bodysuit that's true, but she's also wearing boots. She's not wearing heels. Like, the doll has her in heels, and the show, she's in boots. The show has her in a basically transparent, like, skirt. It's like, it's basically a pants set. But the toy turns her into this, like, ballroom dress. And yes, it's like it's funny because on the toy, it's like, okay, well, this is just the front, it's it's attached to the bodice, mm-hmm. but that you're right, though, though, like they really come across from the front looking like a big ball gown, <laughs> exactly. And then she has the giant breastplate, but it's like it's so decorative, and it's like, yet in the show, it was just a bodysuit with a corset. Now, she really did have the gem on there, so that's actually... Right. That's screen accurate. She does have a headpiece in the cartoon. But it's not with, like, it's a, it's giant a, fur coming out of it. a small crown. Exactly, and her, she also has armbands on Yeah, her hair is in a braid. Right. Yeah. So it's just very warrior in the show, and it's just very, like, I'm about to, like see the Folly Berger at Vegas. Which I love. Like, I love the design, but it's just like, there was such a disconnect between the show and the toys. It really was, unfortunately. And, you know, like you said, it feels like the left hand and the right hand didn't know what each other were doing in Mm -hmm. that case. That's for sure. I mean, let's also even take a look at, what is it, the blue sapphire? Is that what it's called? The sapphire dolphin. Okay. outfit. So, this at least has, I mean... The Golden Eagle kind of had the same colors, but it was much more just golds and browns in the show. Mm -hmm. And in the toy, it's like mostly pink and yellow. Which, you know, according to Greg, pink always sells the best. I know. Girls But they they took it to an extreme because every character in this line is wearing pink. Like, you know. Yeah, there is pink on every character. Right. It's like Pearl Rider. It's Ninjara. It's like the only one is not is Janna. She's the evil and one. That was the one that I actually liked as a doll. No, I loved her. I liked her because. She's a beautiful doll. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, go ahead and take it from here about. Okay, yeah. So, the Sapphire Dolphin Tanko. Again, small crown. Giant headdress. <laughs> 
She's got a she's got like a ribbed bodysuit that really look, kind of has elements of like a diving suit because she goes underwater mm-hmm. with it. She's got like fancy boots and she's got her her gauzy sort of wrap dress on the bottom piece again. Whereas, you know, she she looks like a a fountain in Las Vegas <laughs> on the other one. She's about to be in a... Just <laughs> Esther Williams. <laughs> there you go. Yes, Esther Williams. I was going to say the, the director who... Oh, uh, Busby Berkeley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I don't imagine for a moment she would dive underwater <laughs> wearing that. <laughs> but, you know, the Sapphire Dolphin outfit does have pink highlights mm-hmm. on it. Which is actually something I didn't remember until we looked at this mm. image. I thought it was all blue. Yeah. But yeah, there's definite pink highlights on it, which are cool. Like, they bring out the depth of the blue. The blue is much paler in the toy. Mm-hmm. And again, like you, just like the Golden Lion, it's washed out and it's high amounts of pink. Mm-hmm. And no boots. And of course, you know, Rose Eagle is just the pink... Isle just exploded on this toy. Well, she, of the Tankos, I really liked her. I mean, for obvious reasons. But yes, I really did like her. And I think the reason is just because she's so fun. Like, I love the design. Um, But we do have a little bit of comparison to do. Do you want me to do this yeah, one? Or do you want to do Okay. So, same thing like what we've been saying. So, Rose Eagle, again... She's wearing boots, not heels. She has a very, you know, see-through kind of a skirt. I mean, these things aren't really even meant to be really parts of the outfit. It was just kind of an adornment. Like, it's really more of a, like, a superhero bodysuit. But then, again, the dolls return to, like, these ballroom prom dresses. Um, so If your prom was in Las Vegas... <laughs> So this one, again, like, she does have a little crown, but it's like all of them. She has a crown in all of the variations of her power, but they turn them into headdresses, and it's like, I, I they're not headdresses, because no one can fight like this. This is not how she's going to fight. Yeah, it's like, you know, Jewel Riders clearly showed us, you know, you can do a small, clear crown that looks great mm-hmm. for a toy of this size. But again, that was Greg, and yes. Greg left the project, and so whoever it was at Mattel took this over. So, um, so okay. The other thing is, is that while she does have more of a breastplate on the Rose Eagle outfit in the show versus, like, the corset that she might have had in the other outfits. So I guess the breastplate is right. But the breastplate on the doll has this striped pattern, which is fun, but it's not even in the show. There's no stripes whatsoever. In fact, she has kind of those curly designs that Guinevere has on her. They're actually very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then it's a bodysuit with pants. So... I don't know. I mean, give and take every, it's like every doll has a little bit of like, oh, I can see that. Like, yeah, that's kind of like that. But at the end of the day, it's still kind of like, no, it, it no, that wasn't yeah. it. I mean, Shanti's outfit is made up whole cloth by Mattel mm-hmm. since she's never a guardian in the show. And I wonder if that's because, again, they had more leeway with her. I don't know. But it's hard for me to even remember what she looks like in the show, but I do remember her by the doll, but also because I've always loved kind of the, you know, the black character, essentially. Like, that was always my favorite character, and so for me, Shanti, like, I loved 
her hair. I loved her skin color. I loved like the design of her outfit. And I think what I liked about her was that everyone else has skirts and she had this little cape thing. Yes. Yeah. She's, she is totally gorgeous. Like her and Jana really ended up being my favorites Mm -hmm. of the bunch. You know, and Allie is the Barbie clone. For Which anything. I liked Allie. As I recall, I think Allie was actually the hardest to find. Which is so funny, because I would have thought they would have made her in abundance, being the mm. sort of blonde Barbie-esque character. I, I, like I said, I feel. Maybe it was Shanti, but I know there was one of them that was really hard to find. I think it was Allie. I do think it was Allie that it was hard to find her. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Jana was like a dime a dozen. You, know, you yeah. can find her everywhere. Yeah, she was She was a KB toy shelf mm-hmm. warmer, unfortunately. Well, and as you said, you know, Allie didn't get her magic until really the end of the series. Yeah. And, and yet, they put her as, you know, one of the main characters. And then it's like, you give her this outfit. But again, it's like, you never see her. So I remember as a kid thinking, like, where does this outfit even come from? I don't know. The whole gimmick is that Allie's... Morganite Starfire gem is split into two halves and to and each half ends up on a skate because Allie likes inline skating because of, because of course the 90s mm-hmm. and does this doll have skates? <laughs> it does not uh, why would it? why would it? <laughs> it's just got a little crown and yeah but you see you see Allie's outfit for like five seconds mm-hmm. in the show it's like, how am I going to really identify that with a doll? Yeah. Again, so many missed opportunities. And then the last one, we have Janna. And now, obviously, because she turns into a dragon when mm-hmm. she's paired with Jason. And so, um, you know, there is the um, the design of Janna in her kind of her outfit. And, of course, it looks nothing like the final doll design whatsoever. Um, And the thing is, is that especially when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, so you're a dragon, you are, you know, you're supposed to look like fire or whatever it is. But one, it doesn't look like that in the show. And two, it looks like she's like a Tahitian dancer. Yes, that's actually a really good comparison. (laughs) You know, in this show, everything about Janna's design is sharp. It's very kale-like. Mm-hmm. You put sharp edges on the villainous characters to sort of let the kids identify that mm-hmm. oh, they're the bad one, you know? Right. Her skirt has a sharp point. Her boots have sharp points. Her gem is a sharp point. Her crown is sharp. She's got, like, a sharp design on her bodice. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, everything about this character is sharp, including her temper. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But this doll is... You know, I'm I'm the fire goddess. I don't know what <laughs> she Pele is over here. Yeah. You're right. Like she she'd be not out of place at a tiki bar. Exactly. Like I think she could dance at Disneyland's Tahitian Terrace. <laughs> but she has this fun like fire design. Like I like it on the doll. But again, when you look at the design of the actual show, where's the correlation? Because yeah. I'm lost. And it should also be noted, Jana and Allie are short-haired characters mm-hmm. in the show. And of course, they, they have long, long beautiful hair, hair. Yeah. which I did like. But again, it was like, I didn't recognize them in the toy as the character on the show. It was just such a disconnect. Yeah, it's like, I know this is this character because the box has this name on mm-hmm. it. 
But if you were just going by it, you would not really identify those as the same character. Right, right. Sadly, but... So again, she has another little crown. I think all of the characters yeah, have crowns, I... but then she has a headdress and the doll, and she also has this mask thing like that goes over the eyes. Which I think and... is funny, because it's very, like... It's very Catra, it's very... Mm. It's very Persia. So very, like, trying to be the villain again. Yeah. It's like, your, your face is covered up because you're evil. Right, like, right. So the thing was is that, again, though, she's in another of those bodysuits. So she has a bodysuit with, like, the leggings, and then she has this, like, you know, furry dress that matches the furry headdress, and then the bodice, which every single one of them has the bodice, like, you know, the magnetic bodice. But it's like in the show, that's not anything. She doesn't have a bodice in the show. She doesn't have, like, a giant, like, skirt like that. Like, in the show, she has boots. She has leggings. She has a skirt that is attached to her top. But it's all, like, a kind of like a one-piece. Like, it's yeah. not it's not this, like, body... I don't even know what they did. Like, it's just... It's so wrong. And she has these really big earrings. And, like, the doll has no earrings. Yeah, she's got some big 90s earrings. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm i just at a loss, honestly, when I look at these dolls versus the show. Mm-hmm. I like them both. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I don't think the dolls are bad dolls. No, but I think that they but didn't do... As Tanko dolls... Right. They are not necessarily... They didn't really serve... Serve the purpose. The show and the purpose. And then along with, like, the dolls, so we already talked about the, the other toys, and we already kind of ragged on poor Pearl Rider, but let's just make sure to call out Ninjara. You used him for Drake. I basically used this as, like, a stand-in for Thunder. Yes. I actually do love the Ninjara toy. It's my favorite piece, I think, of the Tenko toys. Now, Ninjara was hard to find. I do remember that, because you never found him no. either. But I remember I found Ninjara. Yeah. And Ninjara had a headdress, because of course. Everyone has a headdress. I mean, I get what they're going for, like, the headdress. Do you? Like because a, I don't. The headdress <laughs> has the long fur, which is, I guess, is it supposed to be, like, the lion fur kind of thing? But this oh. is a snow leopard. They, yeah. they don't have that. And see, the thing is, is that it always kind of, like... It just got in the way. It was big. It was fuzzy. And I was and like, what's the point? it dirty. Mm. I remember very easily. And it it was just like, ooh. So, along with the toys, like Joel Riders, there was a mishmash of things. Yes. Just to name a few, because I know that we only have a few of the items. Yeah. But there's some party supplies. You have some yes. plates. I recently yeah. bought the candles from the party supplies. Candles. There's invitations. Mm-hmm. Cups, cups. Plates. Do we have the napkins? I think there are napkins as well. So that's the party supplies. Yeah. There is a kite. <laughs> Randomly. <laughs> Just, I believe it has the sapphire tanko on it. Yes, it has with the dolphin. sapphire tanko with the dolphin on the kite. That's fantastic. I do have this kite. Yeah. I so, someday I want to just take it to the park. No, because then you'd have to open it, <laughs> and we don't want you to do that. Was there anything else that you can think of off the top of your head? I 
don't... Oh, oh there was Taco Bell yes, toys. Yes, there were Taco Bell toys. Yeah. Which are, are not the characters. They're like little magic it's tricks. magic tricks. Which, the dolls did which, come with yeah, magic each tricks. Of the That's dolls important came to with say. A magic trick. Because, yeah. again, based on Tanko, the, mm-hmm. the magician. Didn't the dolls also have some holographic elements to them? Not that I remember. Did they? I feel like I'm remembering something, but I could be I could be mistaken. I don't remember. I mean, there's like are you talking about the backs? The backs are holographic, but no, they just came like with like a little magic book, oh, and no, then the, the Starfire Gem just had an image in it. Oh yes, that's yes, what yes. I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. So the Starfire Gems do have images, which again, it's like you don't really. I don't know. I don't... I mean, it has, like, the little lion. It has a little dolphin and the little rose eagle. And yeah. Again, all of these are visible when you look at our social media. We all have pictures of them. But... And Pro Ryder in his very pink circus outfit. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, okay. So, when the show debuted, we talked about the fact that it was kind of everywhere and, like, in the sense of, like... I think it kind of changed... Did it change time slots as well, or did it not change time slots? Do you, you remember? Know, I don't remember it changing time slots, but I feel like it wasn't around long enough to change mm. time slots. So, unlike Jewel Riders, where it did go to, like, different stations, and it kind of had that, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be back on TV, and it's at 5 in the morning, or whatever. Yeah. I don't think that, one, Tango got the same type of a random scheduling. Maybe it's because it was Saban, or maybe because it was Saban, it was kind of like, eh, it didn't do so good, so let's just yank it off the air. There are not very good recordings of the show. Yeah, so DVDs for this, there were never VHS released in the US for this show. Right. There was like a Region 2 DVD with a couple of episodes Mm -hmm. in the UK. Yeah, they had a volume one with two of the magical episodes. Um, Then they also had, like, volume three, and I'm assuming they had volume two in there as well. Yeah, Yeah. volume two. So you get maybe six episodes of this released. And then there was... um, There's a a version released in Israel? Yeah, in Israel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And these are all branded with Jetix, Mm -hmm. which... For those who don't know, Saban sold a huge, like basically almost all of its properties to Disney for Mm -hmm. a time. And, you know, Saban eventually bought back Power Rangers from Disney. I don't know if they bought the other stuff back. Well, even if they didn't, Disney has ended up buying Fox. Yes. So who knows what what Disney owns. But, so I'm like, does Disney own Tenko now? Right. Is but, she the newest magical princess? <laughs> but they don't do business with Mattel anymore, so... Actually... Oh, that's right. They do. Yeah. They're back. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, is that um, some of the recordings of the show that we have do come from, from a Jetix, like mm-hmm. re-release. So it must have been yeah, it re-released ran on, available. It ran on Jetix for maybe a year or so. Mm-hmm. And some people were able, they were able to record them. So that is where from some of our, mm-hmm. where some of our videos come from. So there have been two, epi- there were two episodes missing for the longest time yes. from this the, show. The Magic Skates... And will the real Princess Tenko please stand up? Right. And we found them 
on, yes. well, one, one of them I found on your home videos My from the home 90s. recorded 1990s VHS right. tape. And the other one was gifted to us from a fan who had recorded it from that, or I don't know if they did, but they had a copy of the Jetix release of that particular episode okay. as well. Um, and a lot of fans have been like, you know what? We're just so glad to finally see the entire series in its yeah. totality. However, however, and this is something that we're still going to be waiting um, to basically kind of edit and release. And so if you love Tanko, please be patient. Because with everything else going on at the archive, we have some stuff that we need to do. But we believe we have found some new versions of those lost episodes yes. that we will eventually share. Yes, they're going to require a little cleanup. Yes, lots of cleanup. Yeah. But they're hopefully a little bit better than the copies that we have now. Right, they're a little bit... The ones that we have up are snowy. Yeah. That was the thing back then before digital... Okay, kids, Exactly. 1995, the the channel may have been snowy with your little bunny antenna. Right, and I never had cable, Mm -hmm. so I did not ever have clear picture. Right. So, anyway, so going back to YouTube, um, we do have the full series, though, available as it is right now. Mm -hmm. We do have the full series, so if you want to follow Tenko and her Guardians of the Magic throughout their entire 13-episode story, they are available. However, it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So, basically, the show, we never find out what happens. There's this huge battle between Tenko and Janna. Janna maybe dies, but is also maybe in contact with some dark entity. And it is unfortunately never answered. I'm sure it was supposed to pick up in the next season had that mm-hmm. happened. And there was some there was some movement of Jason perhaps coming back to the Guardians. Becoming her lover. Uh, yes. We don't know. Yeah. You're gonna have to write someone's gonna have to write a fan fiction about this. I don't know this. if anyone's ever written a Tenko fan fiction, at least not that's been shared. Well, if you are about to do one or want to do one, make God, sure to I let would, us know. I would love to read that if somebody picked up and wrote a second season of mm-hmm. Tenko. That would be very fun. If we're going to do any of those writing things, maybe, depending on how much, <laughs> how many listeners we get on this particular episode, we could yeah. say, this is our next writing challenge. That would be really fun. Get to finish draft, up Tenko. Draft me a season two, two and finish the story of Tenko. That would be really fun. What happened to Jana? What happened to Jason? Yeah. Will Tenko really go to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> will she sell out her show? <laughs> right. Or will she get stabbed in the box again? <laughs> and will Allie really meet Barbara Millicent, her <laughs> idol. Yes, exactly. She, Hallie finds out she's a long-lost Robert's child. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, so, well, this has been quite the journey. Yeah, I love Tenko. It's, it's such a little footnote to animation of the era. I wish it had a little more love, but you know, in between being sold and not really rerunning much, and not really having the length, it's just never gotten the viewership that it really ever needed to become anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful that, you know, all these fandoms over the years have been like, yes, and then through the fandom, we assembled all the episodes. Right. You know, you saw... Well, that's with, exactly what we yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, we did it with Jewel Riders. It happened with He-Man mm-hmm. fandom, and She-Ra, and all of them. And, you know... 20 years after those ones mm-hmm. had it assembled, 
we finally assembled Tanko. Mm-hmm. And that's very exciting. It's kind of like kind of like the last frontier of the things that I really wanted. Yeah. Reassembled for modern viewership. And I'm so happy, like, that even though it has no other home, seemingly. It has a home it on has the Jewel Writers home, Archive. It has a home with us. Yeah. Yes. So we we archive not only the photographs of the dolls and the marketing, we have a whole page dedicated to it, we have a whole YouTube channel playlist dedicated to it. Unfortunately, it's not a mini musical, so there's no songs to share no. from it. Um, but we do also have some like artwork, we have some like background art mm-hmm. and some yeah, marketing th- promotional cells. You know, I scour eBay regularly for Tango-related materials. Don't give away your secrets. Yeah, we don't well, want people taking them from you. Yeah. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to pick up a couple of cells and backgrounds from the show and just just random other pieces that Mm -hmm. I really love. If you want the toys, they are still fairly available on eBay. You're going to jinx yourself. You're going to do it. This is exactly what happened to Jewel Riders. Oh, you can buy the entire set for $25. (laughs) 20 years later, $150 for one. I know. Well, I have noticed, actually, they've been going up in price recently. Well, now they're really going to go up in price. I know. Hopefully you already bought every version you wanted. I know. Oh my gosh. I actually did buy a factory error version the other day. Oh, what was the error? I believe it. It was Shanti or Jana that said the other character's name on the oh, box. Really? That's yeah, so funny. I, just thought, I was like, I don't need this, but that's really fun. I like <laughs> a good factory error. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, any final thoughts on Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic? Well, the biggest thing for me is that I one I need to watch the series again. Yeah, we so, should we should definitely do a rewatch of this show. After I'm done editing them, we'll watch okay. them together. Yeah, so it's that. One, I need to do that. But then two, I can't decide if I like the show more or the dolls more. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because the dolls are basically what I wanted from Jewel Writers in the sense of a little fashion doll. That's what yes. I wanted. And that's what they gave me. And so that's what I like. But... The show is just so completely different, but in many ways, it's kind of like just a... a Superior a, product? No, no. I was going to say it's like, because it's made by Saban, it was just, I would say, maybe a better company than like New Frontier. So it's kind of like the better made Jewel Riders, but also it's not... Because of the storytelling, because of, like, the character development, I yeah. feel like it's not better. So, like many Saban shows, there's a mixture of footage. So, you know, in Power Rangers, it's a mixture of the Japanese footage with the English footage. Mm-hmm. In Tenko, it's the animation. And at mm. the end, there is either... There is the real Princess Tenko for, like, three to four minutes. Either teaching kids how to do, like, a magic trick... Or doing one of her, like, big stage illusion tricks. And those take up, like, in a in a show that's, like, a 24-minute episode. 22. Yeah, you're getting maybe 20 mm. minutes per episode. And I remember the last time I watched the show, I was like, this thing just blows ahead like a runaway train. It, <laughs> it's, so basically, in 20 minutes when you have story time, you're basically taking five of those minutes to do a little trick. Right. And so you only have 15 minutes of story. Right. Well, I got you. 20 maybe, but it's it makes it difficult in that runtime to tell a 
complete story. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, it's like, my goodness, they're, they're just going everywhere. Like, but I do love the setting. I think it's fun to have a modern setting mm-hmm. with the magical elements in it. But it's like, it's more, I like it because it counter, it's just the counterbalance to Jewel Riders, which mm-hmm. is like a full fantasy setting. Right, where this is like a modern fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a gargoyles. Yeah, like, it's that know. urban fantasy setting, mm-hmm. which is very popular in books nowadays. So right. maybe we could get the Tango and the Guardians of the Magic novel. Well, go ahead and write it. Uh, we'll see how I that will. goes. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's my takeaway is that I like the toys, but I like the show. I just need to watch the show again. But it's definitely not superior, in my opinion, to Joel Riders. Like, Joel Riders is obviously much yeah. better. And I think this all comes back to Greg's development mm-hmm. work. Greg, so maybe Greg is the deciding factor I in think all of he this. might be because Greg really believes in the toys representing the characters you see on screen. Mm -hmm. You see it with his Disney dolls. You see it with Jewel Riders. It's important to him that there is like a synergy between the toys and the show because how it's hard to like something that doesn't look like the thing that you like. Right. And you it's why I've never been a big fan of the Disney dolls that are like, oh, well, here's Holiday so-and-so. Oh. Well, who's this? Ah. Like, Yeah, because it's not necessarily the There's no Christmas under the sea. Right, you don't identify with that. Yeah, yeah. but, it, you know, if there's something that looks like the character on screen, you know, my screen accuracy fetish. Which we already talked about. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, to me, the Tenko show is the superior piece. But that doesn't mean I dislike the toys and I certainly love the toys in reference to being part of that lineage that comes out of She-Ra and Wonder Woman and the Star Riders and the Disney musical princesses mm-hmm. as this sort of next iteration of these small dolls from Mattel. Gotcha. Well, there you go. I guess yeah. that's our that's our take on Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic. Now you gotta go watch it. I know. And you know, as Tenko says at the end of every episode, the magic is within you. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yes. Let the magic begin. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And if you want to find out more about Tenko, of course, visit us at jewelwritersarchive.com and check out our Tenko page. You can visit it right from the main page of the website. And if you, of course, want to watch the episodes, which you should... You can go to our YouTube channel and find the Tenko playlist, and they should all be there. And so, if you've enjoyed this, please, you know, give us a rating, review. We love to hear from the fans, and we love to hear what you guys are up to and interested in, and what new Magical Girl properties are you watching, and... If you'd like to hear more from the Jewel Writers Archive podcast, you can find us on any major podcast platform, or at our home on Podbean. And if you want to find out more from the Jewel Writers Archive, you can find us at jewelwritersarchive.com, on Twitter at Jewel Writers, or on Instagram at Jewel Writers Archive. And as they always say at the end of the show, friends together. Friends forever. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining in.
begin. Starfire and the magic is within you. <laughs> and all that jazz. <laughs>